Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, Savannah, Georgia has one of America's most fascinating histories. Starting as the first planned city of the country, it would soon face tragedies that would cause the city to have to rebuild time and time again. Rebuild they would, right on top of the dead. Join us as we discuss a haunted graveyard where a little girl's spirit still roams, a pirate bar where many men were shanghaied, and a hotel where some interesting things were buried in the floorboards. This is episode number 28 of Hometown Ghost Stories, the city built on the dead, Savannah, Georgia. Hey, hey, Aaron, just take a deep breath. Everything's going to be okay, Ashley said to her friend. Aaron was on the ground in the fetal position. This was supposed to be fun. She had waited years to do this. Finally, her schedule and her friend Ashley's lined up, and they were able to get to Savannah for a week to do ghost hunts at all the places they've read about. The first location they wanted to do was the Bonaventure Cemetery. While there, Aaron left a small gift at little Gracie Watson's statue. After all, she was the main reason the two wanted to start their week off in this very place. During the day, they had walked through the cemetery to get a lay of the land. The plan was to come back after and try to get some EVPs and even try a spirit box session or two. When they got back into the space that evening, everything was different than earlier in the day. The beauty of the cemetery was replaced with dancing shadows and an uneasiness set in on both of the girls. As they moved their way through the rows of headstones, it seemed as if the eyes of the statues they would pass would follow them as they moved. They approached the statue of Gracie again. If they were going to start anywhere, this would be the right place. They pulled out of their amateur equipment bag a spirit box and voice recorder. They began to ask questions. Gracie, are you here with us? A moment passed. No response. They asked a few more questions. Still... They didn't receive a response. At this point, something came over Erin, and she did something very out of character. She approached the gift she had left for Gracie earlier that day and said, Well, Gracie, if you're not going to be nice and talk to us, I'm just going to take my gift back. She reached out and grabbed the small box. As she pulled it back towards her, a sensation of cold air encompassed her entire body, and she dropped to her knees. She looked up at the statue and it appeared to be staring straight back at her, and a tear of blood began to drip down from one of the eyes. Aaron was now shook to her core and dropped into the fetal position. Ashley ran over and told her to take a deep breath and that it would all be okay. They both heard footsteps and looked to their right, 
A young girl in a white dress was approaching the box Aaron had grabbed. Both Aaron and Ashley stared at each other in disbelief for a second. Do you see her? Ashley quivered. Yes. Aaron was barely able to respond. They watched the girl bend down and pick up the box. She looked at the girls and said to them, No take backs. She turned around and started skipping back towards the statue before completely evaporating into the darkness of the night. I'm Rob Coakley, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia as a town may have a history like no other. General James Oglethorpe, along with 120 passengers on the ship simply named Anne, landed on the site in 1733. Savannah is America's first planned city as Oglethorpe laid Savannah out in 24 square grids, and 22 of those are still in use today. During the Revolutionary War, the British would take it in 1778 and hold it until 1782. Once the war was over and America claimed its independence, Savannah would discover that it had great soil for farming, and unfortunately, this would be the catalyst to change the no-slavery law that it originally was founded with. Shortly thereafter, Savannah would begin to experience many tragedies encompassing the whole city. On November 26, 1796, a fire broke out of a small bakery in what is now Ellis Square. Within just a few short hours, most of the homes and businesses were up in flames. In the end, 229 homes, amongst most of Savannah's businesses, were decimated. On January 18, 1820, it would happen again. This time, originating in a stable, potentially from arson, it started to spread through the entire city. It made its way to Bay Street, and several illegal barrels of gunpowder exploded. In the end, two out of every three citizens were homeless. That wouldn't be the end of the tragedies in the city in the year 1820. A spread of yellow fever would ravage Savannah, leaving 666 people dead. All 666 of these people were buried in one mass grave, which is now in Colonial Park Cemetery. Later in 1854, another outbreak would occur, and this time it would take the lives of 1,040 people. With all this tragedy in its past, there's no wonder as to why the entire city of Savannah is believed to be haunted. In a city with many haunted graveyards, the Bonaventure Cemetery really stands out. Known for its beauty, a photo of the Bonaventure can even be seen on the cover of the book Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. The moss-draped oak trees and amazingly carved statues that surround the cemetery, though, is also the setting for quite a bit of haunted activity. Guests visiting the grounds have reported hearing a loud pack of dogs in the distance until the barking slowly gets closer and closer. Yet, not one person has ever seen this group of dogs. Others have reported seeing the eyes of many of the statues following them as they walk through the paths and roads of the cemetery. The most famous haunting in the Bonaventure, however, is that of Little Gracie. Born on July 10, 1883 in Massachusetts, Gracie's father would move the family a short time later to Savannah so that he could run the Pulaski Hotel. As she grew older, Gracie would often delight guests of the hotel by singing and dancing for them in the lobby and throughout the property. 
She was described as being extremely outgoing and always able to put a smile on her parents and anyone else's face that came across her. Unfortunately, she would come down with pneumonia, and on April 23, 1889, it would end her life. Her parents, understandably, were so grief-stricken, they would hire an artist to sculpt a lifelike statue. The parents were too heartbroken to stay in Savannah, though, and would move away from the city shortly after her death. Since that time, Gracie has been adopted by the town. People have seen her playing in Johnson Square, and of course, within the cemetery that she is buried in. She's often been seen running through either place, and then vanishing into the bushes. She's even been known to approach people and interact with them on occasion. When spotted, she's always seen wearing a white dress. There's a legend that if you put a quarter on the base of the statue and then walk around it three times, by the third time around, the quarter will disappear. The most terrifying story, though, is the gifts. People have been bringing Gracie small gifts for years. However, if one of the gifts is removed, it is said that the statue will begin to have tears of blood drip down its face. The building that now houses the Pirate's House restaurant was constructed in either 1753 or 1794, and it is believed to be the oldest building in the state of Georgia. It originally started out as an inn and would quickly become a stop for boat crews and pirates. It became a place where horrific events would take place. A series of tunnels were dug underneath the building to smuggle rum, but they would be used for more nefarious purposes. Captains would get men blackout drunk at the bar and then Shanghai them by dragging them through the tunnels back to the docks and throwing them on the boat. These men would later wake up on the boat, already in the middle of the ocean, and forced to work for the crew. What the pirate house is most famous for, however, is that of a death in the world of fiction. Captain Flint from the book Treasure Island dies in an upstairs room in the story. The author Robert Louis Stevenson had visited the building when he was younger and had heard the tales of the pirates. A pirate ghost has been spotted in the tavern that resembles Captain Flint, and it is widely speculated that Stevenson saw this apparition and based the character off of the ghost that he saw. This particular ghost isn't the only one who lingers in the now restaurant. Various ghosts of seamen believed to be the spirits of those who are shanghaied are seen throughout the building, vanishing into thin air once they're spotted. Staff and patrons alike have heard boots slowly moving along wood planks within the restaurant. Workers have also complained of feeling as though someone is watching them while they work, even when in the building alone. The Marshall House has a long and interesting history. It was built by Mary Marshall in 1851 and served as a hospital on three separate occasions throughout its history. It would first be used as a makeshift hospital during the 1854 yellow fever outbreak. Later, it would be used as a Union Soldiers Hospital during the tail end of the Civil War. The hotel itself would eventually close in 1957, where all but the first floor was abandoned. There was a massive restoration project beginning in 1999, and they did their best to restore it as much as possible to the original condition, even putting on display artifacts found within the hotel during the construction. There was a discovery during the renovation that was a bit more morbid, though. While lifting up some of the old floorboards, countless limbs were found to be buried underneath. The police had to be called in as the shock crew thought a serial killer might be on the loose, and this was an active crime scene. It turned out it dated back to the Civil War and when the Marshall House was being used as the Union Soldiers Hospital. During the winter months, the doctors wouldn't be able to bury the amputated limbs from the soldiers in the frozen ground, so they decided on a different method. 
they would take the limbs and bury them under the floorboards within the hotel. Amongst the typical haunted noises of disembodied voices, footsteps, and items moving within any haunted hotel, the Marshall House also has some very specific ghostly spirits. The lobby area is known to occasionally smell like rotting flesh, and there has been sightings and interactions with an amputeed soldier. The soldier has been known to approach guests, begging them to help him find a surgeon. Another ghost that haunts a common area is that of a lady in the woman's public bathroom. The smell of perfume seems to come out of nowhere when someone is within the lavatory. Others have had the stalls they attempt to enter lock on their own, and when they reach to push the door open. The late author Joel Chandler Harris was a frequent visitor of the property, and someone furiously banging on a typewriter can be heard from his favorite room that he would stay in. The noise will suddenly stop when someone attempts to enter. In the lobby, a painting of Mary Marshall hangs overlooking guests. One day, a man entered the lobby with his young daughter. She began to wave towards no one. When he asked her who she was waving to, she responded with, the nice lady over there. Figuring this was just a child's imagination, he shrugged it off. A few moments later, they were approaching the desk and saw the painting of Mary, and a little girl exclaimed, that's the nice lady, Dad. With all this activity throughout the hotel, somehow there's an even more frightening part of the property, the fourth floor. Guests staying on this floor have heard the sounds of a cat wandering in the hallway. Yet, a cat has never been seen. Early in the morning, a thunder-like crash can be heard from outside of your door, and when startled guests leap out of bed to investigate the noise, they find nothing out of place. And there is one room on the floor that you can experience more ghostly encounters than the rest of the property. All you have to do is stay in room 414. Visitors have reported hearing the laughter of children sometimes unprompted, and sometimes after someone within the room tells a joke. The doors of the room begin to lock and unlock rapidly while guests are within. People have even had things move throughout the room when they're not there, and on a few occasions, people have actually witnessed small objects slide from one place to the next while they're staring at it. It's not known what the historical significance of that particular room is, but when the building was a hospital for outbreaks of yellow fever and a war, as well as being built on top of the dead, one can only guess. It could be a single family with a tragic past, or a series of unconnected events leading to multiple spirits haunting this room. Likely, we'll never know who the spirits that haunt this floor is. And perhaps, that makes things just a bit more terrifying. Ghost Stories, episode number 28, Savannah, Georgia. I'm Jesse Wilkins. I'm joined by Rob Coakley. What's up, Rob? What's going on, guys? Not too much. Also joined by Dave Wilkins. Hello, David. Hello. And that was Savannah, Georgia. A few locations in Savannah, Georgia. Are we calling this part one? Because I know there's a lot. To yeah, yeah. We're definitely calling this part one. This is um, <laughs> one of our most requested cities. We've had quite a few people that have either emailed us, on private message, just lots of different things. And they really wanted Savannah covered. So 
we started with part one because there's probably going to be more than two parts on Savannah. Very cool episode. Very cool. Uh, we do have a few new patrons that we should thank. Um, Sarah R, Andrew W, Seth Dave Sucks W. Um, we got a couple of new ones. Who are the new ones? Uh, Jake. Jake V is a new one. Jake V. Thank you, Jake. And um, Stephanie's technically not new. Of Stephanie's, right. Stephanie's the best. She, she earns it. She, she's earned that for sure. So yes. I want to thank you guys. And um, we got some more iTunes reviews. If you guys like the show and you want to support it, the best way to do that is uh, swing on over to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and leave a comment, and we'll read that at the end of the show. we got a couple new ones that we're going to get to the end of the show there. But without further ado, Savannah, Georgia, ladies and gentlemen, those were, what did you cover, three locations? It was the cemetery, the pirate place, and the hotel, right? Yeah, those are the three. Like, that are Gracie Watson a separate... Well, she's she's in the Bonaventure Cemetery, but yeah, it's like its own separate story within. Um, but I thought really the the important thing to do with the first episode of Savannah is to cover some of the history of it because there's so much like between the two fires and all the the epidemics that they um, that they went through, and the, they were literally going through this stuff and having to rebuild the city on top of the dead bodies from each one is just like a crazy, crazy story of how it's, of how a town is. So like legitimately there just could be energy over this entire city. Yeah, there can. And there's a, there's a few cities like that uh, real quick assassin. Thank you for the 500 bits, dude. You're a legend. Absolute legend. Um, We'll start with the cemetery. That's where you started the video off with. And uh, what a cool looking cemetery. It reminded me a little bit of the one in uh, Edinburgh where everything is really well done and really well sculpted and um, very cool statues, a lot of creepy ones. And over time, all these statues, even the statue of the little girl that you just mentioned, uh, Gracie, at the time it looked really nice. But as it uh, ages, some of the pictures of it where it's kind of got, you know, it's getting a little bit weathered. It's starting to look more and more creepy as time goes on. It's getting weathered because of, obviously, because of the weather, but also people would go up to it and rub it for good luck and stuff like that. So there was a lot of interactions on her statue to the point that they put that fence up around her so that people can't access it anymore. Um, Her nose broke off at one point, I think, and they had to repair it. So it was another reason to fix it. So probably looked especially scary when when her nose broke off. And this uh, cemetery is massive. It's yeah. almost 200 acres. Like you couldn't wow. walk from one end to the other in a day. It's crazy. <clears throat> you um, might be able to walk in a day, but that's, it's insane. Yeah. Also the, the moss covered trees just like lead lend right into that atmosphere. Yeah, they absolutely do. And yeah. uh, it, I mean, it definitely gives it kind of a creepy look. Yeah. Apologies for my dog who is dreaming in the background, if that's what you guys are hearing. <laughs> but um, he had an especially tough week, so we're going to we're gonna allow it this week. And, so, uh, said, I can't believe her parents would just put so much money uh, and love into her grave and then just leave town due to grief. Yeah. yeah. But if you have the means, like, I, I can't imagine, like, I don't even have a child myself. But I can imagine, like you lose, you lose a child. Why would you want to stay anywhere that reminds you of that child? Like, yeah, not, and not in a negative way. You know what I mean? <clears throat> you know, like, just constantly being surrounded by places of happiness with that child, and just being reminded every single moment of your life 
Right. Um, I do have kids. Um, I wouldn't, I, I can't imagine. So I, I can't really speak on what my actions would be, but I can understand the idea of just getting out and starting fresh. Um, but it's still sad. It still gets to a point where it's like, I don't know. I guess, you know, I hope I never have to experience that, obviously, but uh, I, I don't know what I would do in that scenario for sure. So the cemetery has a lot of um, the headstones that have the bells, like the back in like the um, like the Victorian era, they, they used to have these bells on top of the gravestones. And that was because during this time period, they would bury people alive all the time, which is um, terrifying. I can't think of a scarier way to die than get buried alive. So what they actually did was they um, they created these, this little contraption that's a little bell that goes on top of the gravestone. And if you wake up and you're in a coffin, like, oh, shit, I'm buried alive, you can actually just ring that little bell. And the guy who works at the cemetery at night will come over. And they had, like, a pipe system that he would basically just um, pump air into to keep you breathing until um, they could, you know, uh, exhume your living body. <laughs> so um, I had, had a lot of this, and that's actually where the um, the uh, the term "dead ringer" came from. I heard. Really? Um, yeah. I went to a museum, and I wish I could remember which one. A long time ago, that <clears throat> had a setup displaying the bell and like how how it would be used in case you did die. Like they had they had this whole setup, and it was just the craziest thing so i've yeah, never I've, heard of this before ever oh really that's, yeah. imagine yeah. you're the the cemetery night person and you're walking around <laughs> hear the bell ringing like, how, oh, ter- how terrifying is it to be that guy too just like i know oh, slightly no. less terrifying than the person we got a lot of one here boys <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's yeah crazy. um yeah terrifying just like <laughs> oh man um yeah how about just going back to the town before we completely jump more into the cemetery how about when 666 people died and they just buried that number in one mass grave? I know. I know. Like, like, you don't want to like shave one off. Like, yeah. okay, no, let's bury one yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, let's sacrifice one more person. Or let's just tell them. Let's just tell everyone that it was 667 just to avoid that number. So we they tried to hide it. Alive to- <laughs> they did bring in his bell. Like, no, no, no. You stay. <laughs> you stay. It's a bad vibe. Yeah, they were like, they were like, always saying like almost 700 people or they would try to word their way around it so that they didn't have to write 666. Then people were like looking at like the records and they're like, what are you, what are you dummies doing? Split it up, make it 333 in two different graves or something. Just put a, put a partition between it, do something, anything. But yeah, no, they're just going to bury the 666 together. Um, To be fair, I think the 333 number is just as evil. It's not. Space three 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 that mocks the Trinity. All the demons do it. Everything comes one three. It's just one three. You don't need three of them. Are you mocking it even more if there's three of them? Nobody's knocking three hundred and thirty-three times. Andrew wants to know if there were six hundred (laughs) and (laughs) sixty-six (laughs) bells. Dave's going to be the most annoying ghost when he dies. He's just going to be knocking in sequences of 333. <laughs> All right, hang on, hang on. I think we got another 100 here. Yeah, that's, it's like he started this Morse code last night, and it's just, it just hasn't stopped, and we're sick of it. I think if um, you were to put a poll up and say what number is more evil, 333 or 666, I think the odds would heavily be in 666 favor. No, I agree. I was just saying that the th- threes is also... We're, we're splitting hairs here. <clears throat> we're not. We're not splitting hairs here. You're wrong. <laughs> you're just, you're just wrong. 3.33 in the morning is the evil 
time and or three in the morning. It's just three thirty. It's just, it's just three o'clock, which is three. Yeah. Off. <laughs> it's just one three again. Yeah. Yeah. What is happening? Right game sucks. <laughs> That'll be the inscription on my uh, headstone. Oh God, I, I hope like so. Not, yeah. yeah, I think that's what we're doing for you. Um, we're all just assuming Dave's going to die first. Anyways, all right, moving on. <laughs> Back to the cemetery. Yes. So you have uh, Gracie's ghost there, and then what other ghosts are inside that cemetery? So it's it's a little murky about like what other actual spirits are in there that are conclusive, but it's that pack of dogs that everybody hears but never sees, which is, you know, real scary if you're, like, walking through there, like, towards nighttime, and you just hear, like, these ravenous dogs all around you, but you just never find them. That would be terrifying. That is um, scary. But other than that's, that, a different, that's a whole different element of haunting. That's like, oh, my life is in danger. It's not like, oh, I think I hear a ghost. It's, there may, I might be attacked. Yeah, by a pack, of, by a pack, pack of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, other than that, it's really it's just uh, I had to include it because I think the story of Gracie is just so interesting, and I, I kind of call BS on a few of the things that are related to her story. The quarter thing specifically, I just can't, I just can't fathom that being a real thing. Yeah, um, multiple people saying hellhounds potentially. Oh yeah, hellhounds. Yep. Um, but yeah, just walking around and the quarter disappearing, it's like, eh, it just feels more urban legend than actual ghost story. But the fact that her ghost has been seen within the cemetery and also on a square around where she either used to live or the hotel was or whatever, um, that's also pretty terrifying. And she actually was so extroverted that she would approach people and death just like she did in life. Mm. Yeah. You know? It just it, it, the ghost plays into her real life personality as well. Has there ever been any photos or videos of this crying statue where it cries blood? No, I couldn't no find of? anything. No. That's the other thing I couldn't find, which I wish I could have. Um, but it does. It, it is a fun little story. That's probably more of an urban legend as well, uh, perpe- perpetuated from people within the town, I would guess. But. I mean, I'm not going to call complete BS on it until we know. But also, it could be part of the weathered thing that you're talking about, right? If it's getting so weathered, if you see it from a certain angle, you saw the way that that statue looked, like the discoloration. Um, You catch that from the right angle, it might look like there's a tear coming down its face as well. Right, but tears of blood would be a whole different different aspect where... It would be red, and that is what it is. Uh, people see what they see. I, I would definitely like to see some sort of uh, some some sort of footage on that because that would be very cool. Yeah, very cool. One. Uh, Pac-Man Frog asks, "Do we think that she's a residual haunt or intelligent in different areas?" It sounds would, like more of a residual thing to me. No, that sounds more intelligent to me because residual wouldn't be at the graveyard, right? Because I'm talking about her dancing in the square, so maybe it's both. Yeah, the square could be for sure, but um, in the graveyard, it sounds more intelligent, especially because she's approaching people. But so, if she's approaching people and doing stuff that she did in real life. That sounds like a residual haunt to me. If a ghost is why would it be going through graveyard? the same actions? Who, who knows why it is where it is? You know, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's there because of the statue. You know, the, parents, also, the statue was is a stone that signifies the grief of the parents. Maybe that's why the spirit attached itself to it. Um, but I think a spirit going through the same motions that it went through in life sounds very much like a residual, a residual haunt. 
Well, I guess it would depend on the interactions with the person, right? Are they? Well, if she's reacting to them taking the gifts away or people leaving her gifts or things of that nature, then that would be an intelligent spirit where she's reacting to what you're doing. So, right. I mean, and why can't it be both at the same time? Again, we don't make the rules um, of this. Nobody makes the rules. We don't know what the rules are. We, we kind of went over this in Bonnie and Clyde where they could be haunting multiple places across different States. And why is that not a possibility? There are so, experts that say that there's a difference between ghosts and apparitions, whether it's, um, you know, ghosts are kind of trapped in one area, uh, whereas an apparition is can show signs of intelligence um, and that there are differences. <clears throat> but, but why can't it be both at the same? Why can't one spirit be both? I don't know. Could something uh, be a demon and a ghost? Now we're, now we're getting to the rules that we keep saying that we don't make, so who knows? Well, I mean, maybe it could. I'm, why couldn't it be? We've established that a demon has tried to manipulate a ghost before. But that doesn't mean it is a ghost. I feel like it's a type of ghost. Yeah, isn't it? We would say a demon is something that was never human. Something that pre-existed humans and was here since the beginning of time. As the great Ed Warren once said, (laughs) ghosts are pretty dumb, dash Ed Warren, dash Captain McSlugs. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that was from the demonology book. Right. Oh, that's an actual so, quote. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was just Andrew being silly. All right. Nope. <clears throat> so now that we're just tossing L's Dave's way all night, let's move on to <laughs> the Rob is the king of self-proclaimed victories. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was pretty obvious with the 666 and 333. I didn't have to do much on that one. That's okay. Um, well, if one three is evil, then three of them is like real bad, right? It's like three times as evil. Or even 330 <laughs> times as evil. No, it's 111 <laughs> times as It's not yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take the, uh, the L for mathematics on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the other, one of the other locations you touched on was the uh, Pirate Museum, which... Um, pirate restaurant. The pirate restaurant, I'm sorry. Uh, and I regretfully didn't add the pirate music behind it. And I was like, nah, it's too short of a clip. I'm not going to clutter up the music behind it. And then as it kept going on, I'm like, oh, there's so much time. I could have got pirate music in here. So for those people listening on the podcast, you heard the pirate music because I went back after we did the video and edited the pirate music into it because I just can't not play that music. Anyways, uh, so the pirate house or pirate's house, as it's called, um, it was once a saloon in a restaurant for, restaurant for seafarers from abroad and uh, it still stands today as one of the well most well-known restaurants is it still the pirate restaurant yeah it's the pirate it's the pirate's house and it's the supposedly the oldest building in the state of georgia mm. they believe one it is. In, um, in new orleans as well it's like an old pirate uh pub and we'll cover that in the, the new orleans episode but it reminded me a lot of that i mean it, it looks a little like it mm-hmm. and uh it's also that the pirate pub in new Orleans is, is supposed to be like the oldest pub in the city. and might, might be one of the older ones in the country. So, so it, let's talk about the uh, Savannah one for sure. Yeah, it had some, so I'm not sure how familiar you are with some of the Seattle stuff. We'll get into at some point um, with men being Shanghai, which is like one of my biggest fears of all time. Like if, if anything is an irrational fear in 2022, no, well now, but I'm just saying like of things that happen to Wait, people. And what does past. that mean? So Shanghaiing is when, so let's say you went to the bar, right. And you were out there and you met, you know, some people, you were having some drinks with them. You're having a great time and you're just getting more and more drunk. And all of a sudden you black out 
and you just kind of pass out because you've been drinking so much and having so much fun. Fast forward 12 to 16 hours, you wake up on the deck of a ship in the middle of the ocean, and now you're forced to work on the crew of that ship. That's been absolutely uh, under, okay. Okay, that absolutely. Ha- yeah, I didn't know the that exact terminology, but back in the it, days of pirates, yeah, and it was right when they had such a they had such a. Go ahead, sorry. It was called Shanghai because most of these boats that you would end up on were heading over to um, Shanghai, Shanghai, China. Yeah, Shanghai, China. Mm. It would happen a lot with the uh, Royal Navy, not the Royal Navy, but the um, the the Navy in the United States. Like, uh, what, what was the, the name of them? The Navy. Well, no, it, it, no, it was like well, it might have actually been the Royal Navy when um, people that hunted down Blackbeard and stuff like that was that the Royal Navy? Or I don't know. The Royal Navy was Great Britain. I want to refer to to Andrew here. Who was the? Uh, uh, it's a tactic used by pre, uh, press gangs. The Royal Navy used a lot. Okay, so I wasn't wrong about this. So the, what I was saying was it was they used a lot because they had such a hard time finding people that actually wanted to work on their ships because they paid no money. A lot of times right. when they would get back from sea, they would just give them basically IOUs and they would pay them like 25% of what they promised. And then they'd be like, yeah, come back in a oh, continental army or Navy rather. Anyways, I'm getting everything wrong. Um, so they had such a hard time doing this that a lot of times they would just go to the bar, find someone that's absolutely trash, make them sign a contract, throw them on the boat and they'd get Shanghai on, on their uh, fleet as well. And they'd be going for the next you know two years at sea trying to hunt down pirates. That's why a lot of people started to piracy. From the Shanghaiing that was going on at the pirate house, because the pirate house they had like a trap door, basically, yep. and they would they would drug you and then they would throw you down this trap door. That's like a it's like a twelve to fifteen foot drop, and then they like drag you your unconscious they take, body. They out take their new sailor with his broken ankles onto their ship. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be useful. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, you could just walk those sailors can walk those uh, injuries off in a matter of seconds, according to Sea of Thieves, but um. They would take you, and then you'd end up on this boat, and then you'd wake up, and they'd say you're a slave. And you, if you were like, "No, no, no, I'm not going to do that," then they throw you overboard. Oh, yeah. Uh, this was uh, this happened over here, and it obviously did happen on the East Coast, but it was even more prominent on the West Coast. And Seattle had it happen a bunch, and there were some tunnels that they used, uh, just like the pirates' house, to um, bring them to the ships. It's just. I just, I can't even imagine, dude. I can't imagine going out for a night of fun and just waking up in the middle of the freaking ocean. There was I one think. story. Uh, yeah, there was one story about it. He was a, he was a police officer and he met this, he was just drinking with this guy at the pirate house back in the 18th century or whatever it was. And um, next thing you knew, he woke up on the deck and ended up in China. And it took him two years to get back to Savannah after he ended up in China. That was a cop. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get anyone. <clears throat> oh, man, it's just it's just terrifying. I, you guys already know how I feel about the ocean to begin with, and the things that lurk within it more so than the actual ocean itself. Um, so yeah, big no thanks for me. Please don't Shanghai me. Yeah, it's just crazy because that means that the bar was absolutely in cahoots with whoever was running that operation. Very shady. Oh, I gotta say, I would point. I would absolutely leave a negative Yelp review. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, one star from the if that for sure. And Robert Louis Stevenson also visited this pirate house, um, this bar, and he supposedly saw the ghost of a pirate there and based the entire look of Captain Flint 
off of that, off of the look. And there was a gentleman that he met there telling him stories of the past that he based the mannerisms of the character on. So it's a fun little wrinkle. And so now people go there and they'll say they see the ghost of Captain Flint. But theoretically, it sounds ridiculous, but it's a ghost that's been there since before the book was even written. Right. But it's a ghost based off the guy that was based off of. Yeah. That Captain Flint was based off of. That is actually really cool. Cool piece of history. It's one of my favorite books, favorite movies. Great movie. Well, well, it was made like 14 times, but the Christian Bale one was phenomenal. Christian Bale one was good. And let's not forget that the Muppet Treasure Island was also absolutely Muppet Treasure Island is great. Yeah. Yeah, top Almost, top five movie of all time. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol's better, but no, no. that's our next also movie good. review. By the way, next our movie review we'll do. I did watch the Muppet Har- um, Haunted Mansion movie that came out like last year, just to so check it I, out. Yeah, Sammy yeah. was pretty scared during it, so I was like, "All right, you know, you're gonna get through this. It's the Muppets." So <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna cave and turn off. A Muppet movie. I'm like, you'll get, you're gonna get through this. Just holding his eyes open, making him watch this <laughs> yeah, like, terrifying movie. What was that movie where she's holding the old lady's eyes? Yeah. <laughs> Sandra Bullock or something. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, and then what, what was it? The other one that you touched on was the hotel. If you guys are ready to move on from the pirate house, that was my favorite story out of this one, though. By the way, just because it has anything to do with pirates. Yeah, I mean the pirate house was fun. It's just I wish there was a little more to dive into on it, but I mm-hmm. felt again just the first episode of Savannah just to hit on a few of these things. Uh, but yeah, then we dive into the Marshall house, which has its own real unique history between starting off as a hotel built by um, Mary Marshall, which you surprised to hear in this time period of a woman entrepreneur like this. I got building properties. I'm sorry. I got to stop you for a second. If anybody in chat or anybody on the podcast just heard the sound of a woman screaming. I don't know if my mic picked it up, but I heard like a scream coming from like behind me across the house, like in my living room. My wife's not home. That legitimately freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> I, I got to go back and enhance some audio and listen to what the hell I just heard. I didn't hear it. Yeah, I okay. didn't hear it either. All right. I'm going to take a quick hiatus and go see if the TV's on because I, I got to debunk this right now. Right now. I'll be back. All right. Well, this is... Anyways. Uh, Ghost Investigation mid-podcast is fun. That's exciting. So, yeah, the Marshall House being built by, like, a woman entrepreneur is, I just found that, like, interesting. It's not something you hear from, like, the 1800s too much. No, definitely not in that time period. Right. So that's different about it. Um, and then all the makeshift hospitals, like, three different times between Yellow Fever and the Civil War, just the the different the different times it was used for this is, uh, is, is crazy. Wait, so what, what was it? Was it well, screaming? No idea. TV's off. No one's outside. So sure. there's that, you know, just as, just as haunted house strikes again, but anyways, Terrifying. sorry. So I missed what you just said. Are we talking about the, uh, Marshall house? Yeah. We just hitting on some of the history of it between Mary being the one that built it and it being a makeshift hospital. Numerous times, twice. at least twice, right? Maybe three times. times. It was at least three times. Twice for Yellow Fever, once for the Civil War. Um. So yeah, so lot, you see a lot of that. Next week, I'll touch on another one. But a lot of these um, buildings during the Civil War, they just turn any big structure into you know either a camp or a makeshift hospital, and you have plenty of people dying there. And obviously, limbs were chopped off and buried there. Um, 
Yeah, Very so cool it was awards, though, right? Um, so it was a the other unique thing is that it was a Union Soldiers Hospital. It wasn't even a Confederate hospital in Georgia. So I found that part interesting. I'm like, how were they able to hold that? But you know, um, so that was how how poorly the Union did in those early battles down south. Like they got their ass kicked all over the south until they got to like Pennsylvania, right? So that was pretty interesting. Um, what were you saying about the floorboards? They were very, they were sticking the limbs in under the floorboards, right? Is that yeah. So the theory is that they were, the the ground would freeze, which, you know, is possible in Georgia. It's not like, you know, the South is always 90 degrees. It does get cold sometimes. It gets uh, down to like 50. <laughs> no, it gets colder, especially in Georgia. It's a little bit more North. It'll get cold. Um, so the ground was frozen. And they were digging piles. We've talked about this before, where these surgeons are just, you know, burying body parts in the yard. And they weren't able to do it. They weren't able to dig through the ground. So they decided to bury them within the floorboards, I guess, thinking it's not their property, whatever, just get rid of them for now, which is. It's, yeah, it's kind of like sweeping, uh, sweeping some dirt like under the fridge or. Yeah. Something that's going to start to stink in a matter of days. Like but these people, they could be gone the next day. So the, they, they're probably thinking, let me just get rid of it. When uh, Do you think this place already doesn't smell terrible, though, Dave? Yeah, seriously. Uh, so is, uh, says, uh, his wife says she passed by the Marshall House on a ghost. Oh, I, I thought it said she passed by the Marshall Ghost. I was like, oh, tell me that story. That's that's cool. Did they, t- did they talk about the house there, Seltrick? They must have. Um, yeah. So, and then there's a bunch of haunted stories and the problem is we just don't know who, who these people are that supposedly haunt the hotel other than like the, the union soldier with the, with the limbs cut off that he's supposedly he's walking down the hallway and he runs into guests and he's holding his arm and he'll say, um, can you help me find a surgeon to put my arm back on or something like that? Which like uh That's no i think the ghost missing a leg just walks around in circles <laughs> <laughs> i think you mentioned this like last week or the week before dave but this whole burying limbs thing isn't all that crazy because at the time what are you really going to do with it and it actually seems like a pretty it seems pretty reasonable so take a pick. yeah i think we talked about this and uh we talked about this in Bronzeville and we talked about it in a, um, a different one as well. I think it was whispers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, theoretically it makes sense. You, it sounds shocking. It sounds shocking that like they were burying limbs in the backyard, but it was a doctor who didn't have medical disposal and what are they going to do with it? They're going to get rid of it as best they can. So they're going to, Either burying it under your floorboards. I would say, yeah, I would well, say putting it under your floorboards is, is not the best you could do. Yeah, no, that that's ridiculous. Like you invent the hefty bag at that point and find somewhere to <laughs> freaking throw that thing. But uh yeah, so but again, not their property. And as far as the smell, that place, I guarantee that place smelled awful. They're constantly you know, festering wounds and you know, just terrible gunshots that they're ugh. yeah they're, they're chopping off limbs for ugh. everything ugh. no matter what happens Blah. you go and be like god i have a headache like off with his leg yeah <laughs> <laughs> fuck man got another one gotta amputate that head 
<laughs> eh, this one didn't make it. Cutting somebody's <laughs> leg off would definitely make him forget about his headache. <laughs> that is true. You would, you know, it's outside the box thinking, and you know, maybe, maybe we need some more hospitals hiring Dave for his uh, medical expertise. There, <laughs> he has a point. <laughs> um. I bet a ton of people died there, says Pac-Man Frog. And yes, where did they put the bodies? They they didn't say. They're probably buried around the property, to be honest. Yeah, um, do you think they, if they're sticking arms and legs under the floorboards, they, they're probably, I mean, you're going to run out of room if you start sticking bodies in the floor. But Right. Yeah, that would be unreasonable. Splinter in the finger, got to take the whole arm, Jessica says. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so then there's some other hauntings like that they don't know about. You go up to the fourth floor, and there's sounds of children, which is another one of my biggest fears. I don't want to hear children that aren't in the vicinity laughing and down the hallway. That's terrifying. And they're not sure who that would be. Again, it was like a hotel, but also, like we talked about, it was a hospital for people with yellow fever. So... Yellow fever encompasses everybody, right? It, it could have been kids, elderly, families that were staying in these rooms while they had yellow fever before they passed away. Uh, some of the people that were buried in that grave together or whatever, it could have been, that might have been the earlier one. The, the, you know, but regardless, whichever yellow fever outbreak it was, that this hospital was working, was used as a working hospital these families could have passed away there. So kids are haunting the place that they were at when they passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so since, since, go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Um, I was going to say, I was, listen, I was listening to a podcast where they, uh, they, they allegedly found the ghost of a little girl with uh, dowsing rods and they had a conversation with the ghost of a little 11 year old girl there. Um, that was all I had. I thought it was interesting. Uh, so the hotel, go. the hotel looks pretty nice now. I mean, the, uh, Oh, it's it's beautiful now. Yeah. Um, you can find a lot of videos. Like, if you look up the Marshall House, it's not just about the hauntings. You'll see people that are just going there to stay at the hotel because it's such a nice place that they want to do a getaway there. And it also has the hauntings on the fourth floor. The third floor is said to be haunted as well. And it's a lot of the same stories as the fourth floor with children laughing and also um, things moving here and there as well but again it's tough the the ghost stories are always tough when you don't know who the haunting is right because you just know what's happening but you don't know who's doing it and it's tougher to to dive into those stories in my personal experience like i i like to know the history behind the haunting and who's yeah, doing it if, if she was to rely on any paranormal equipment it would not be dowsing rods. Wow. Dowsing rods are Man. the oldest <laughs> paranormal equipment that you can that are still being used. That was like yeah. the, it goes way back. They have yeah. that's how they that's how the um the guy last week there in Pittsburgh found the the, the grave, bodies right grave site with yeah. the there is there is science behind it. It's just how are you using the dowsing rods? And if you're using it to point to certain things, um I'm no expert on the on the dowsing rods, but Catherine seems to think that they are they're fraud rods and not dowsing rods. Oh, it's, uh, what's fun is that now Catherine is banned from all further investigations with us. Now she's she's limited to only using the dowsing rods. <laughs> so, so, is there anything on these three stories you guys would like to hit on? 
uh, specifically? I brought up everything that I wanted to talk about them as we went along the, uh, the dead ringer bells and the, um, the other things that, but yeah, I mean, this is one of those guys. Sorry. I'll let you finish. I was finished. <laughs> that's, why I cut, that's why I cut you off like a pro. Uh, no, the, uh, this is one of the few episodes where all three of those locations sound like really cool places to visit. So obviously the cemetery would be a more brief visit, except for Dave, who apparently takes a really long time to cover the 200 meters or whatever it is. Um, but the, <laughs> the hotel looks really nice. I mean, dude, you could, you could do it all. Go to the yeah. hotel, go hit the pirate bar, swing by the, uh, the, the cemetery. It sounds like a great time. I would, I'd love to see the city. And I'm excited because I, I didn't know really anything about Savannah mm-hmm. and I, I had seen the requests. So I'm excited to, um, to see what else the city has in store. Cause so far it's pretty damn interesting. So I have two other stories that I wanted to share for tonight. If uh, people would like to hear them, do we want to hear about the shrimp factory first? Of course we do. Absolutely. All right. So the shrimp factory is actually on river street in Savannah, and there's just not enough information um, of the history to, to cover in the first part of the video. Like we normally do, but basically this building was actually one of the places where they would hold the slaves that they brought in to the city. And what sucks about Savannah is it originally opened as a city that did not allow slavery. And as they started to build their farm. I'm sure I'm just say it didn't <laughs> suck that that's how it started. No, no, no. no. I'm what sure I'm it saying, sucks later on. Let him, yeah. let him finish his point. <laughs> no, let me finish the point. It sucks that once they started to get the farms, they introduced slavery again. They they introduced slavery and and legalized it in Savannah. So that sucks. And the the shrimp factory is a building that they believe was a place that they would bring the slaves in and chain them up. Now the problem with with getting the history of this is because we have people that weren't writing down their history. The oral history is going to be really mercury, especially on the first people that came over. You don't really know who was there, but what they're seeing at this place is they do see shadow people walking around and they have, they have EVPs and hear cries as well. And it's often they're saying Vaduki, which translates to devil and to kill. In what so, translation? Uh, that is a good question. Um, so it basically means to kill the devil, and I'm not exactly sure. I apologize for putting him in the spot like that. <laughs> it's fine, um, but that is what that's what it that's what goes on there. So they think it is the ghost of the slaves that came over, and I think that a lot of the hauntings that we can't dive deep into is because of slavery and places like Savannah where they where it was legal. And you just don't have the written history, the family history, or anything like that. And it mm. sucks that we don't get the actual stories for those because people didn't take the time to write them down or weren't able to write them down. Exactly. So, you know, you're going to see buildings like that pop up in places like this. Um, and the other one is the Hanging Square. Do we want to talk about the Hanging Square? Of course. So I probably could have in, I probably could have done um, a pre-recorded part on this, but I felt it'd be more interesting to discuss amongst us. Um, so Alice, sorry, I'm trying to find the name again. Alice Riley. Alice Riley was from Ireland, and she came over with her husband as an indentured servant, and she was hung in 19 19- hanged. 
hanged. Before Andrew freaks out. Hung. <laughs> hung in. She was hanged in 1735 because she killed her employer slash whatever they called the people that master maybe that covered, you know, that if she employed was, the she was an indentured servant. servant. Yes. It's a little different, but I know, but matter. I don't know what they called the boss, whatever they would call him. Yeah. Um, apparently this guy was very wealthy, but he was very mean and he would, he would beat Alice, beat her husband, um, just force them to do terrible things. And they finally got sick of it. And in 1734, they killed him. And when she killed him, she was pregnant at the time. So they had the trial. They determined that she was to be, you know, hung in the town square. Hanged. Hung. (laughs) (laughs) And put in the town square. Her life was going to be ended. But they were going to allow her to give birth first. And that's what they did. And as soon as she gave birth, within 24 hours, she was in Wright Square and she was hanged, hung. And so uh, a lot of people, she is actually said to be the most seen ghost in the United States. I don't know where they pulled that stat from, whoever yeah, I saw. How do, you, right how do you measure that? <laughs> I don't know how that's measured, but supposedly she is one of the most frequently seen ghosts in the United States. Um, she gets mistaken a lot because how did you just of, leave the MVP of ghosts out of your episode, Rob? Well, because there wasn't I, I much more to say about it. We are still in the episode, so I guess you didn't technically. Yeah. So she's not noticed as much because she's dressed in period clothing, and there's a lot of reenactments in the square. So a lot of people are dressed in, re- in period clothing during this. Um, also, you know how Savannah has all those moss-covered trees. A lot of the a lot of the squares have those moss trees. The moss will not grow on the trees in Wright Square. And oh, weird. one of the theories between amongst moss not growing places where it normally would grow is if it's in the presence of ghosts. Which presents a problem if you're in the cemetery that's supposed to have a ton of ghosts and the moss is growing, right? So I'm poking a little hole in that theory, but it's still a cool little thing that um that this square is different from every other because it was where they, where they did all the hangings. And it's also, you know, the one square that doesn't have the moss growing on the trees. That is interesting. And that's a theory. There is also a marker of an Indian chief named Tomo Chichi, I believe is how it said. So he was a friend of general Oglethorpe, who is the man who designed the city and there is a marker in the square, and his remains are supposedly been misplaced. And he also is supposed to be haunting the square as well. Misplaced is probably the wrong word. That's the word that they used in the article I read on the Savannah First Timer. <laughs> Not saying about you, I'm just saying like, like <laughs> remains don't get misplaced. misplaced. I mean, he was already buried, right? Um. Who knows? They were misplaced. It could get... get. (laughs) True. (coughs) I'm trying to imagine a a situation where 
the, the remains get misplaced before the body's buried. You've never been dragging a body around and you just like end up at the bar and you're like, at the next morning, like, oh shit, I'm on this boat to Shanghai and now I don't know where I placed the body. I was oh, maybe they accidentally Shanghai a corpse. <laughs> They're like, we drugged this guy. He's <laughs> laying pretty still. Yeah, we're on wake up. <clears throat> yeah. So I don't know, man. I just, I didn't really want to. I probably could have dived into the Alice Riley story a little more and gotten a little more information on that, but I felt talking about it was going to be a little more fun. It was fun. I had a great time. Yeah. So I think you want to touch on uh, Savannah before we move on. I just don't want anyone to be mad about some of the stuff we left off. Um, the moon. Oh my God. Now I'm on the spot. The moon River brewery. The, the brewery yeah. is supposed supposedly one of the most haunted spots. I left that off because we do have a listener that was going to email us their personal story with it and send some photos. So I just wanted to give them a little more time to be able to do that. Uh, it will probably be covered on the next one. If not the third episode for sure. And the Sorrel weed house is one of my favorite stories in Savannah, but I think we could cover a lot of ground with that one. And I wanted to really focus on more of the city itself. What was that name the of the moon river again? brewery? Is moon it moon river? river? I might, I might be wrong. You looking that up, Dave, just yeah. to confirm the name so that I don't sound like a complete idiot. In the meantime, uh, we can go over some of the uh, new iTunes reviews that we got. Yeah. I'm going to read uh, my favorite new one. So this was a, this is a five-star one. It's titled Scary But Awesome. It's from uh, SC Mitch 018 And he says, LOL, I actually listened to this to fall asleep to. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, <laughs> I, told, boring. I told <laughs> you guys. I take this as a compliment. I have certain YouTube channels that I go to that I really enjoy, but they're the ones I go to when I go to sleep. And I'll throw one of the episodes of that show on or shows or whatever to help me fall asleep. So I don't take it personal. I take it as a compliment. It says scary, but awesome. Yeah. Um, It's a good review. It's five stars. So that's what it really counts. (laughs) Mackenzie also gave us a five star and it's titled a thousand times. Yes. This podcast is amazing, and I appreciate all the work you guys put into it. The stories are terrifying. The banter at the end between you guys is hilarious. And the show is oddly informative, albeit a bit traumatic, about the Titanic and dot, dot, dot. Hunks of bacon. Keep up the good work. You know, uh, you know. is a cursed you know, objects you know. episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, if you're not aware of the bacon thing, go back and listen to the Velisca episode. Uh, we have one more, one more with a review. So we got a lot of five stars this week. So thank you guys. Continue to do that. This one's titled two thumbs up. Absolutely love all the content you guys cover. You guys make the podcast interesting and easy to listen to. If you guys are taking horror recommendations for the movies, I recommend the devil inside. Um, I want you guys takes on it. Thanks. Um, so we are actually going to cover that in a future horror movie review. Spoiler. Spoiler about spoiling a movie. Spoiler, spoiler about our spoiler-filled horror movie yes. reviews. Yes. And speaking of which, uh, this Friday, I believe we're going to drop the Conjuring 1 and 2 horror movie review. Yep. The plan. That's right. Yep. yep. That will be on Patreon tomorrow and on everything else Friday. I missed that one. Special guest Jesse on that one. So that was uh, my first horror movie review. And yeah, uh, yeah. absolute classics. One of my absolute favorites is Conjuring One for sure. But we'll go over that more in the review uh, for the Patreon listeners. Like like Davis said, you can check it out tomorrow. And then uh, for this Tuesday, we are going to review the Trans Allegheny 
uh, Lunatic Asylum. And this is a big one. So it's going to be. Where's that? That one is in West Virginia. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you get the name of that brewery, by the way, Dave? Yeah, it's Moon River Brewery. Moon River. Moon River Brewing. Yeah. So we will cover that on a future. I just wanted to give that listener some time. Awesome. Uh, What do you got coming up after that, guys? uh, After that, we have uh, Oswego, New York, which was a listener request. Oswego. Oswego. All right, off we go. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought that story was really cool. We did get that one emailed to us, so I'm I'm excited to see what you find out about it. Um, and then we're going to be doing another one that was inspired by a listener story the following week, which is Oklahoma. City. Awesome. So, long story short, if you have your own personal hometown ghost stories, you want to send them in, we'll do our best to cover them, and uh, we will continue to do that so we'll be back uh like i said tomorrow for patreon listeners for everybody else on friday with the horror movie review and then we'll be back live tuesday night every tuesday night 9 p.m eastern standard time anything else you guys want to touch on before we sign off here we will be at the paranormal convention in quincy massachusetts on may 21st and 22nd is that correct um both days yeah we're doing both days because we're dedicated so if you're in the area you want to swing by and come visit say hello uh we'll also have a limited times limited supply of uh hometown ghost stories t-shirts very excited about that very limited supply and whatever we have left from that conference we will uh we can we can work out a deal and sell them on air I mean, sell them to you guys if if anyone's interested. So we'll we'll let you guys get more details on that once we get them in hand. But they're pretty cool. We dropped the design on Twitter. So if you're interested to see what those look like, you can check us out. It's uh, HT Ghost Stories on Twitter. And um, yeah, can I get one? Damn right you can sell Juke. We'll save one for you. Anyways, uh, that will pretty much do it. Uh, So thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until then, thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you next time. Peace.